You're listening to the Live Well Radio Podcast Show. A wealth of information for a life of inspiration. And here's your host, Brett Coleman. Today is Financially Fit Friday. And as we all know, being financially fit has a lot to do with being prepared. And as important as this is, a lot of people aren't prepared when it comes to their finances. If you're like most, you might feel overwhelmed when it comes to the various options and financial categories that are available to making the best decisions. Here to share some insight and to help us recognize the importance of being financially prepared and even simplify the process is John Hoslocker from Hoslocker Tax and Financial. Hey, John, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great, Brett. How are you doing today? Fantastic. Thank you for your time. I know you're busy. When you're of rock star status, you have no time for little dilly-dally stuff. So I want to get right into this. You ready to go? I'm ready to go. Okay. How long long have you been practicing tax and finances, John? Uh, We started in 1980 and formed my own company in in 1987. So the last 31 years. It's a long time. I I got out of high school. The year was 86. So that's uh, antiquated. It's a long time ago, huh? It was a long time ago. <laughs> okay. So do you wear both hats equal, financial advisor and tax consultant? I, since we started my own firm in 1987, we believe that the only way to really do your finances is build to have your taxes and your finances mirrored together. And so we've been doing that uh, model for 31 years now. Okay, so that's that, that's great. So you offer a variety of services to help people make educated decisions, and that's what uh that's what this interview is all about. So, in your experience, what have you seen to be the biggest people, biggest reason uh, people put these two topics off subjects off for so long? Well, anything with regarding taxes, everybody's more fearful of that because of the great marketing efforts by the IRS in making everybody fearful of them. And uh, finances are uh, an interesting topic because most people who have money don't want to talk about it. Um, And those who don't have any money are afraid to ask the questions because they're uneducated or haven't had enough exposure to it. Okay, so with your 30 plus years of experience, what do you do and how do you help them along the way? in this process to help them make an important decision, but take the, the complexity out of it? We really take a education approach and we really want to make it easy for everybody because I do this every day and they walk in and have never seen it or don't really understand it. But we really want to take the time to individualize our advice and our experience to break it down so that everybody walks out of here and understanding their own personal circumstances, what they can do to improve it, and why they're in the circumstances they're presently in. Okay. And let's, let's talk about the state for a little bit, managing your personal affairs while you're alive and uh, so you can control the, the distribution of wealth upon your death, basically is what it is, right? That is correct. So that, that's exactly what you're trying to do is control your finances in a ma- manner and then um, su- pass on your dreams and wishes on to the next generation of choice. Okay. So why is this such a sensitive subject for so many people? 
during your lifetime while you're accumulating, uh, people are very private and they don't want to share what they are, uh, what they have accumulated and how the decisions have worked out financially for themselves. Then it gets to the point of it's time to pass it on to the next generation and they have they haven't learned how to talk about money and how to share their hopes and dreams with their heirs so they can pass this along. And we see this time and time again when people wait till their nineties and saying, Okay, I think it's time to now share my goals and wishes with my children that are in their sixties and seventies. And they, you know, it's it's rather than creating a family dynasty of sorts, even with small amounts of money, they never pass that dream on. Okay. Uh, in your opinion, the optimal age to consider uh, putting together an estate is when? You know, is some typically in their forties and fifties. You're building your net worth while you have your in your 20s and 30s and have your children and accumulating. Uh, but certainly by the time you're in your 40s and 50s, your kids are now in, you know, high school or they're on their own uh, career paths. And so those are the times that you want to start building and helping. Um, how do you pass along things? And at the earlier in the stages, you do want to make sure that you've taken care of certain estate planning you know, if something, someone was to pass away or got an illness uh, early in life, you want to make sure that things are taken care of so that the your children and your significant other is being taken care of. Right. And now you have two locations. You have one there in Anthem and you have another one out in Sun City. Yeah? Correct. Okay. So people can find we've you. Had, Go ahead. We've had both locations for uh, many years now. So in between these locations and all the clients you've helped over the years, you you have to see a trend where people come to you maybe feeling a little overwhelmed and saying, John, I just, you know, I don't know where to start. But by the time you help them and lead them through the process, there has to be a sign of relief. You can you can see it in their faces. You can see it in their shoulders where they walk in here extremely tense um, and the pressure that's mounting because they're just don't feel like they have the control of, of their finances. And we really do help handhold them through the entire process so they are better educated to make better decisions for themselves. Right. And living wills, explain that a little bit for the folks who aren't completely familiar with a living will. Living will is, is basically a document that's prepared by an attorney or a paralegal that talks about your wishes of, of what kind of medical treatment you would want if you could not verbally communicate them. You know, most times you either have a feeding tube or don't want a feeding tube. If you can't communicate it, you sometimes don't always pass on um, your wishes of when you want to, what you want to have done. I, I see. Difficult so, decision. At, yeah, sure. At points. Sure, it could be. And, and uh, switching gears a little bit, um, Let's talk about life insurance. That's a well-structured strategy, a well-structured strategy that can actually uh, protect your loved ones from the financial consequences of the unexpected events. And there's different types of policies out there, about eight different ones. Uh, the top two are what? Whole and term, right? That is correct. S explain so the, the difference. The whole life is basically based on a fixed interest rate that is declared by the insurance company. 
and it builds up cash value so that you'll have some money that you could potentially use in later in life um, and also help pay some of the premiums. And the term insurance is typically used uh, just to cover a certain period of time, say 10 or 20 or 30 years, uh, and it usually costs less. Can somebody have both, John? Uh, you should probably have both. And as part of your one is to cover the bigger need that you want to cover when your family is young and starting out. And we want to make sure that we have enough mortgage insur- insurance to cover the mortgages and outstanding debt that you have. And then the whole life would be more building cash value so we have something that we have for a longer period of time. Very good. Great explanation. And the next most popular one is what? Universal life. And, um, typically variable uni- universal life, which is the rate of return is, is tied to the stock market. And some people are comfortable with the stock market and some people aren't. Um, but usually those policies perform better because the stock market typically outdoes what interest rates are doing. Uh, certainly in today's environment, when we have very low interest rates, historical lows, the stock market is generating a higher rate of return, and those could potentially do better in the future. Right. Out of the, all the ones that are available, what one uh, have you seen is, is the least popular? Uh, the mo- typically least popular is the whole life because it's a little more expensive because the rate of return is less. Okay. And in investments, you, you also cover those. So if you create an investment strategy that's designed to pursue your risk tolerance, uh, you also probably need to include something like a time horizon and your financial goals. And do you help people in the process of doing that along the way? We do. We do set up a risk tolerance, and, and we go through those a couple times a year every year to try to make sure that everybody has a clear understanding. It's easy to, when the stock market is going straight up as it has the last couple of years, that it's you know, easy to get caught up in the great returns. And then as of late, we're seeing the market not perform nearly as well. And so we want to make sure that everybody, um, their viewpoints uh, are directly correlated to their investment holdings. Right. And now we're starting to see some different types of investments. You know, we heard of uh, Bitcoin. Now there's all these different different types of coins out there. I'm not, I'm not sure you're, you deal with those, but I'm sure you've heard of them, correct? I have heard of them, yes. And they're, uh, they're, they, the world is changing in so many different dramatics. And that Bitcoin is certainly the cryptocurrency is the latest and greatest uh, changes. And so there are... A lot of things that have me concerned about them, but they are uh, performing and have performed fairly well for many people. Uh, but they do carry a, a great amount of risk because it is a brand new uh, entity of how things are going. And we want to see whether the currency is well accepted worldwide. Right. But sometimes they say by waiting, you know, we all heard the saying, I wait, but not wait too late. You know, after the fact, wow, I should have jumped on Bitcoin when I first heard about it. Now the people who have are gazillionaires. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, it's a certain amount of risk that you're willing to take because you're, you're there was Facebook, there was Apple in the day, uh, Microsoft, there was all companies that were starting out um, that could be 
great, great progress. And you've got to be forward thinking in how you think about the investments, um, because there are companies back in the late 90s that were created and a lot of money, uh, financial rewards were provided. And then in 2000, they were all gone uh, because they didn't have any sales or assets behind the uh, the high stock prices. So it has gone both both directions. Yeah, it has. I'm going to switch gears a, a, a tad and talk about a different type, different age groups. Okay, the kid that just graduated a college, 21, 22 year old person. You know what? I want to start planning for my future. You would give him some options, and I'm not being I'm not saying be specific and give any names. But what type of an investment would be good for a kid just graduating college who's looking to secure a future? Uh, with the the individual is just starting out. We want to make sure that they take advantage of the company retirement plans because the earlier they start putting money aside, the better off they will be in the long run because compounding of money over time is the best way to accumulate wealth. The, we want to take a look at the, your debt-to-income ratio, make sure that they can manage their student loans if they have any, and then we also want to make sure that they build up a strong uh, cash reserve in something that would suit their budget somewhere in the five to $10,000 range um, so they can take care of all the unknowns in life without having to dip into credit cards. So typically what we do is we look at a little bit more conservative holdings, typically higher paying dividend stocks in companies that they're f- very familiar with. Okay. Uh, you and I both know, and a lot of people realize that students graduate from college these days, there's different, there's different scenarios. I, either they can't find a job right away, or if they do find a job, uh, they probably are going to not have that one for the rest of their career. So how, how does one consider that and take that in consideration when they're trying to make an investment decision? The investment decisions, if it's through their retirement plans, they can move the retirement plans to the new company or roll it into an IRA so they never lose that money. If it's their money, they set aside. So they can still do that. Then having the reserves and um, the growth, you know, we're looking at, you know, what are the assets they want to accumulate, whether it's a home uh, or a specific vehicle or those type of things. The, you know, having money set aside in reasonably lower-risk holdings will help them achieve that goal. Okay. And now let's switch gears. Moving on, the, the person who's established, uh, let's say, you know, starting a family, uh, married, about to have one or two kid, children, and they're early 30s. So in that kind of a scenario, we're looking at, uh, we want to make sure that the uh, starting a family, we make sure that they have enough term life insurance to cover their short-term debt. Um, and, and including their mortgage, so that if something were to happen to the breadwinner, the mortgage would be paid off so that the surviving spouse and children would be uh, okay. And we would look at budgeting and making sure that things are in those kind of goals. Then we're starting to look at a longer-term range uh, because generally people that are at that stage in their life, they're looking into you know, what do I do for the kids for college um, or are starting or thinking about retirement or what we want to do in our future years, second home or those type of things. So we would take, go into a more of a growth area 
and something that would pay a little less in dividend income to try to reduce the tax liability. We'd also look at some municipal bonds um, as an avenue form, but again, we're still trying to find good growth, manage the taxes, and uh, show them to have peace of mind for both husband and wife for the kids. Perfect. And now they're starting to wind down. Consider retirement. That's uh, That seems to be a lot of people's minds. What am I going to do? How am I going to survive? Once this job is gone, I want to be in a situation where I'm going to be okay. Well, and usually what we like to do is try to start about five years before retirement um, because your expenses really don't seem to drop off. You're trying to travel a little bit more as we're getting towards the end of our career. And we got to try to educate everybody that it takes somewhere between 18 months and 24 months from the date of retirement until you really start getting into the groove of retirement. Because you're used to, if you work 40 hours a week, you're really spending 60 plus hours a week between commuting and getting ready for work and, and the sword. So we're trying to get them to fill their 60 hours a week up with some other uh, meaningful activity, whether it's golf or traveling uh, or just sitting down and reading a book and, and trying to get them into doing things that they're passionate about, things that they love to do, things that they wish they had more time to do it when they were younger. And so we really spend more time on the quality of life and what you're trying to do. And we let the investments kind of dictate where those things are. And I've got some clients who don't understand the bond market of CDs and only want to have equity positions. And we put them in positions where they're going to generate an income stream to help offset while they're not going to work. Hey, John, you, you, you have done this a couple of times, haven't you? <laughs> Once or twice. That's pretty good. So that's going to take me right to my next question. Is that how does somebody, and, and maybe you have your own experience in this, how does somebody implement a nice, healthy work-life balance, not working too much and not vacationing too much, but there's a fine line. What have you been, what have you seen to be the top three keys in doing this? There are several areas that are trying to do that because there are, it is a very difficult um, tightrope that we all walk on to try to make a, a good balance. But as we go through life, we need to Remember what's important in family and friends and your children are, you know, of the utmost. And so we don't see very many tombstones that are saying, I wish I had spent more time in the office. But at the same time, to be able to do those things, we do need to put our time in at work. And so the, the objective is to have the best of work ethics and work hard for your employer and or yourself, whichever the case may be. And you know, show that your true your time is well utilized in every place where you work, where you spend your time, whether you're with your family or at work. Yeah, you know, you've heard the saying, and I've heard the saying. We've all heard the saying. It's not so much about making money; it's about keeping your money. You know, and and being able to enjoy it, not so much now, but also in the future, and walk that fine line between work life balance. It's a it it's a it's a uh, it's a strategy that that I think it, but if you have some a blueprint and a foundation and you give some practice, I think it all works out. 
It generally does. And, you know, we've had a couple of people in the news that, you know, from the outside looking in, they have all the money they could possibly want, and they weren't happy in their lives. And, you know, so it's not, you're really, it's not a matter of how much you make. It's a matter of how much you get to keep, as you were saying. And we want to see how do we use that to have the good quality of life. And quality of life is subjective and very personal to everybody. And, you know, whether you're in a 5,000-square-foot house or a 1,000-square-foot house, you want to uh, have the ability to say, you know what, I'm very happy and comfortable where I am. And But knowing that I've got peace of mind that I can do the things that I want to do, and I, I can manage my finances in multitude of directions in uh, we're, we're, we have a plan, and that's really what everybody needs to do is make sure that they completely understand what the taxes and why they're paying the amount of taxes they're paying, and how do they keep more of what they have, and take advantage of the deductions that are available to them, and make their money work as hard as possible. When you retire, your money should still work. That's a great point, point. and you must be a pretty good master of time yourself, having two offices. And being as successful as you are uh, for the last over 30 years, you, you must have a pretty good formula down. How did that happen through experience? Or did you have a blueprint you copied and saw from somebody else doing it firsthand? This, uh, when I started out, I was young and, and uh, but it was, you know, true dedication to the work that I've been doing and uh, remembering what's important. My wife and I, you know, developed a very good strategic plan together over the years, and it's been a give and take. Over, you know, but it's it's been very rewarding to build something together with her. Nice, and she would love to hear that. Make sure you send her this uh, uh, podcast, John. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, and, and I want to ask you, is this your passion? Would you consider this your passion? When you graduated college, did you know this is it, man? I know what I'm going to do, and, and you, you haven't looked back since? Um, after I got my first job in the, in the field, um, I, I knew that this was my passion. Um, it was, you know, me the seeing my ability to break the convoluted, complex formulas in uh, subject matter into something very sim- simple that I could relay that into layman's terms so that people could understand it. And when they, the, you can see the light bulb goes on in their eyes and saying, I get why this, is, this isn't as complicated as everybody's making it out to be. I can make this plan work for me. And it wasn't my plan. It was a plan that I developed to help them so that they could succeed on their own. Yeah. Did you recognize that in grade school that you had a, a knack for numbers? I did recognize that I had a knack for numbers. And then as over time, uh, circumstances were, uh, helped me identify some of the areas that I was able to be a good communicator and a good, good listener to help people over the years during you know elementary and, and high school that just kind of led me into this path. It's a great quality for marriage too. You know that, right, John? Listening and communicating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let it's me, a, very much so. Yeah. Uh, th- there, there's parents right now hearing this, hearing you talk and saying, this guy is just making a ton of sense. I have a kid who's good with numbers. How, how does that parent get that kid 
to recognize what the kid has. And so he's not not letting it go to waste. There's nothing worse than seeing a wasted talent. So how, how, what advice do you give parents who are hearing this for their children? I encourage people to, you know, make sure that the kids are getting exposed to as many different scenarios. There are so many kids that I see that tell me I got a degree in this in one subject or another and said I didn't even realize these other things existed. Um, so getting them exposed to as many of the opportunities and encouraging them to uh, apply for summer internships, even if it's for a day. Uh, most companies will welcome you with open arms and have them follow a, one of the professionals, whether it's a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant or um, a trust company or any kind of firm that you think you said, hey, I might be interested in doing something like this, you know, encourage them to at least explore it, even, even if it's just for a day. Can they call you? They can call me. That's great to know. Did you hear that, guys? So give John a call, and he'll uh, help keep me see if this is something that your kid might be a little interested in, and uh, we can you guys can go from there. Is it ever too late to start saving for retirement, John? It's never too late. It's absolutely never too late because you're able to, you know, whether you're in your 60s or 40s, the objective is to get started as soon as possible um, so that you control your own destiny. Yeah, and I don't, I'm not understanding uh, completely all the tax strategies that can help me uh, better manage my overall tax situations, but somebody like yourself is, and that's why you offer your services. So are, are you in favor of all the new tax reg- regulations for small business owners right now, or, or, or it is what it is? I, I am in favor because most people, probably 60% of the American population, are going to see a lower tax bill. Uh, 20% will see about a higher tax bill, and the other 20% will see about nothing. Now, Congress has made a promise to change the tax law again because we haven't even filed the tax return with it, but they recognize that there are several shortcomings in the current law. So J- July and August of this year, we'll see some, in- some additional changes, which will hopefully help everybody. But anytime we can simplify the tax code so people can fully understand what they're doing, so they know how to maximize their benefits, that, that's always a good thing. What are one of those major changes that you're hoping to see? There are um, several things like on the charitable contributions are not de- really deductible for most Americans unless you have a mortgage over $400,000. So charitable contributions would be a, a, a great windfall. Um, and the health insurance issues would be another area that needs to get resolved. Okay. Uh, you really are a wealth of knowledge. Um, before the day ends, people can do what two two or three things to get the ball rolling and begin taking small steps in a better direction, what would you advise them to do? Well, one is to get a clear uh, understanding of what their expenses are uh, and how their lifestyle has been created and dictated by how much they spend, which they don't necessarily need to do a full-blown budget, but at least look at how much is being withdrawn for their checking account every month so they can see how much they're spending, and if they monitor that over the next 12 months, they'll get a clearer picture of how much they're spending versus what they're making. And then we can start realizing what their 
spending on things that they could be saving the money for the future and recognize that those things are there. And then openly and honestly talk to yourself or your significant other and saying, what do I really want to do in life? We're not going to hit the lottery. It's We've got to turn, you know, do this for ourselves, and by being able to set some money aside, we can achieve the goals that you really want to do later in life. Great advice. And how can people find you? Are you social media besides your – what is your website, by the way? Let them know. Website is uh, www.jhoslocker.com. That's J-H-A-S-S-L-A-C-H-E-R. And you can reach me at my office, 623-551-2332. How about Facebook or Instagram or Twitter? Anything else? Uh, we, are, we are on Twitter and we are also on LinkedIn. And the reach s- me same at, at John Hosslocker. Hosslocker. I yes, like, I just, uh, it's kind of like Hasselbeck, but Hosslocker. Something about Hasselbeck and Hosslocker seem like they're, they're kind of from the same family. I like saying it, Hosslocker. It's a great way to, it's a great way to promote yourself. Just, just give Hosslocker a call. He'll help you out. So you have two locations. Um, did we miss anything, John? You, I mean, you gave some great advice. You really, you really did make me feel smart because I had no clue about half the stuff you were talking about, but, but the questions provided me some knowledge and on top of that, inspiration. So thank you. Did we miss anything? I think we're, we're good. We have clients throughout the entire country, so I've been very fortunate with the referrals that we get from our clients. And, you know, the object is you want to uh, just learn to take control of your own finances and then find somebody who you can actually roll up your sleeves, have an honest uh, conversation with, and knowing that, you know, the responses are helping you make better choices in life. And that's the impression I just got from you is, is something you love to do, you do with integrity, and you have a great amount of honesty and a, a desire to help other people. And that's why I'm glad you had, I had you on the show, because this show is all about inspiring others to be their best. I think you just did that, John. So I want to say thank you again for your time. We appreciate you. Have a great, great day. And anytime you want to jump on again and make some, uh, give a few pointers and tips, you're more than welcome to do that. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you very much. You guys have a great day. Thanks, John. Bye-bye now. Thanks. Bye-bye.